Blog Talk Radio. Rolling. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the program. We are your host, Matthew Miller and Joe Musidla. It is good to be with you. Um, well, tonight is going to be, at the very least, a doozy. Uh, rolling out the, well, the topic, the Bramble King. Now, this has uh, been a, for me, at least a huge amount of study on this one. And uh, I, as I was uncovering quite a bit here, um, I still... <laughs> I still have a long way to go, but some very interesting things as far as, uh, well, even location. Um, Now, this refers to, well, the book of Judges, uh, chapter 9, Jeremiah 8, and Daniel 8. This is the, well, the deciding of a king a king that will uh, rule over and uh, literally in the book of Daniel, this, well, he's called also the, the little horn uh, plucks up and tramples down, literally tramples down the host of heaven. So we are going to take a look here and uh, see what we can see here. Um, let me see if I can read from something here. Um, where do I want to go? Where do I want to go? Judges. Let's see. I'm going to read from the NASB. I'll start with uh, Judges 9. Let's see. Let's go with uh, 7. And we'll start from there. And I'll just read on. And... Uh, and see where we end up here, and then we'll we'll get uh, Matthew in the saddle and see where this thing takes us. So uh, now, when they told Jotham, he went and stood on top of Mount Gerizim and lifted his voice and called out. Thus he said to them, "Listen to me, O men of Shechem, that God may listen to you." Once the trees went forth to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, Reign over us. But the olive tree said to them, Shall I leave my fatness, with which God and men are honored, and go to wave over the trees? Then the trees said to the fig tree, You come reign over us. But the fig tree said to them, Shall I leave my sweetness and my good fruit, and go to wave over the trees. Then the trees said to the vine, You come reign over us. But the vine said to them, Shall I leave my new wine, which cheers God and men, and go wave over the trees? Finally, all the trees said to the bramble, You come reign over us. The bramble said to the trees, If in truth you are anointing me as king over you, Come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, may fire come out from the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. 
Now, therefore, if you have dealt in truth and integrity in making Abimelech your king, and if you have dealt well with Jerubbabel and his house, and have dealt with him as he deserved, for my father fought for you and risked his life and delivered you from the hand of Midian. Um, I'm going to stop right there, but uh, gives this, uh, well, I guess parable here um, of this figure of this individual that uh, literally gets uh, voted in to reign over. And it should remind us of the power that this individual wields in the uh, latter chapters that he has the power to call down fire out of heaven. And uh, that should all give us something to uh, take great pause at as well. Um, goodness. I'm going to bring Matthew in because uh, I'm kind of... Uh, <laughs> a little overwhelmed at the amount of information, but uh, I think with the two of us, we can uh, work through this. Um, Matthew? Yes, it's uh, good to be with you. Boy, um, this is the riddle of riddles. The, this is this is the key uh, to many things because, you know, we know from Daniel chapter 8, uh, Something extremely strange is going on. Uh, how is it that, uh, well, this this false prophet, this, um, uh, well, we have a hard time understanding how it is that he can even uh, stretch his authority to the host of heaven. That's just absolutely amazing to us. I mean, we we find the details of of, of when. Um, Satan, of course, swipes one-third of the host out of heaven. We know what happens in that event, uh, Jeremiah chapter 8 there. They want proof for lineage. Uh, that's how they're immediately going to set their, uh, set their world up uh, for those 1,260 days. You have to be legitimate, and of course, they're all about blood. They're all about the jot and tittle. Um, they're all about, well, the facts of the matter. Stone cold, they are. Um, and it's here that, that we get the simple fact of, of well, just exactly uh, what uh, chapters like Ezekiel 31 uh, is talking about. Ezekiel 17, uh, more to the point. Uh, we get those uh, strange prophecies and wonder how isochronally, uh, these are fit in. And then you put two and two and two and two and two together. And it begins to make a whole lot of sense uh, that once uh, uh, the truth comes out there in Revelation chapter 12, and uh, just the real meat potatoes of the simple fact is this. This is what God says, Joe. And he's not asking your opinion about it, and he's not asking you, well, do you think that makes sense? No, Joe, that's not what he does. He tells you that Satan 
takes one-third of the host out of heaven with the swipe of his tail. Now, right from the get-go, that tells you that's not voluntary, right? Right. So people usually um, don't realize, well, what, what would happen if, if this was to occur? What are they going to do? Are they going to scramble? And, of course, we know what Satan himself does. We know that, well, he picks a scapegoat. And you know that beyond any shadow of a doubt, it's right there in the book of Revelation. He gives his authority over to the beast. <clears throat> he gives his authority over to the beast. And there you go. He gets out of the full mill deal. When Christ returns, Satan does not go to hell. No, that's not what happens. Satan gets cast in the abyss for a thousand years because he gets, uh, uh, well, like I said, this catch-22. So we have to realize that the host of heaven that have been swiped out of their places, they must see him hand his authority over to the scapegoat. They follow suit. Now, logically, Joe, doesn't everything that I just said make sense to you? Absolutely. And it just follows suit that you would... Well, look for clues uh, for this because, uh, well, Joe, God tells us right out front that he chases after what's been. So that's the reason why. Uh, really, everything ties directly back to the parent prophecy. And this is one thing that really bothers me uh, when I talk to people about Bible prophecy uh, that have been Christians and they say all their lives is when I say, well, you know, do you know the parent prophecy? They have no idea what I'm talking about. And I say, well, you, do you know why the book of Revelation has to happen? I mean, do you think it's just random or why does it have to happen? That They have no idea that everything ties back to the parent prophecy. Look, Joe, you're only a Christian because of the parent prophecy. Absolutely. And people need to realize that that's why the book of Hebrews was exclusively written to relay this, this technical data to you that you are a child of the promise and that promise was made to Abraham. And you tie into that prophecy one way or the other or you don't at all. And that's just the way it is. So when we realize that, that these things, these technical data points are given and people just gloss over them. Well, why does Satan hand his authority over to the beast from the abyss? Why is that? Why does he do that? Well, uh, it just follows suit that the fallen, when they do get here, they see him turn over his authority to who? The beast from the abyss, correct? So, logic follows suit that they are going to give their authority to who is in subjugation to the beast from the abyss. Right, Joe? Yeah. You know who that is. Everybody knows who that is. That is, of course... 
the false prophet. Mm -hmm. The one who has horns like a lamb or a ram, some translations has in the English. But it's this one. And everything I said just now, Joe, doesn't that make perfect logical, deductive reasoning sense to you? Yes. And tell me, Joe, have you ever heard of this before? From another teacher? Is that what you're asking? Yes. No. Well, that may not be fair. Um, that may not be fair. Uh, the church that you go to now, does that preacher, uh, does he speak very often on Bible prophecy or not? Not at all. Okay, well then that's not fair. Um, how many other uh, end-time um, preachers or teachers have you listened to? And you don't have to name them by name, but I mean, have you at least familiar, familiarized yeah. yourself with the prophecies? Yes. And you're saying that they don't either, whoever they may be. No. No, they don't tie any of this together. Why do you think that is, Joe? Uh, I, I would say, you know, uh, in my mind, it's deception. Um, is really what it boils down to is is that it's amazing you know it seems like everyone's waiting for a great deception and from what I see it's already been given um, and it's this deception that we are somehow the focal point of the the events that uh, unfold in Revelation. I see. Well, that's that's not a very positive thing to say, shall we say? Um, unfortunately, I, I I agree with everything you say um, because we have these catchphrases that are exclusive to the entertainment industry, and let you know what let's just let's just bring up one. The Antichrist. You have to admit, Joe, one of the greatest uh, selling uh, secular movies of all time and concerning any type of end-time topic is The Omen. There is no doubt to that. And that was not a Christian movie, correct? As far as I know, I've never I've never seen that movie. So, so you've never even heard of Damien then? Um, just just from when you and I have talked, but uh, really, that that's about it. Well, that should bother everybody. And there's other catchphrases that you and I have no need to talk about because we do an entire broadcast dedicated to that thing. Mm -hmm. But here we go again. That the entertainment industry is literally caught up in this deception uh, when they had absolutely no reason to write uh, produce any of these movies uh, because like I said it's exclusively about the Bible that is not permitted today is it Joe I mean even at the time when the omen was done 
that was not politically correct. No. So you can plainly see that the entertainment industry has something of a row to hoe with end-time Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. And they want to make sure that everybody's looking the other direction. But now when we take a look at Revelation chapter 12 and just read that, it follows suit. Their boss, or their prince, gave his authority over to the beast from the abyss. So their boss's subordinates, being themselves, they will naturally give their authority over to who is in subjugation to that beast from the abyss. That is the false prophet. So when you realize what's going on, all of a sudden, now you realize why it is that Jeremiah chapter 8 even happens. You realize why they're looking for legitimacy, and when they find legitimacy, as what happens in this a discourse in Judges chapter, uh, chapter 9 with Abimelech. That's exactly what they're looking for. They find their Abimelech. And they do exactly what is just described. Even to the point um, that now prophetically you realize why the Bramble King says what he says. If indeed you will make me your king, then come and rest in my shade. Know and understand what he said, Joe. He relieved them with any type of responsibility. Did you catch that in Judges? Mm-hmm. He said, come and rest in my shade. Yep. And if not, of course, fire is going to come out and devour, which right there you get it. Dead bang. He's talking about the false prophet. It is the false prophet alone from this point forward that has the ability to call down fire from heaven, correct? Correct. So, it's just amazing that people don't put two and two together when it comes to this Bramble King. I mean, to me, it's absolutely amazing that it was ever overlooked. And when I got into the, well, internet ministry, let's say that, because I've certainly been in public ministry my whole life, uh, the first time that I preached in front of the full congregation of the church, uh, I was 16. So I was very surprised when I got into my internet ministry that the, one of the first things I did back in May of 2010 I did a search for this very thing, and I'm like, oh my goodness, nobody knows about the Bramble King. They have no idea, and they were going on and on and on and on and on about the false prophet. And I couldn't even find anyone who put two and two together about anything. Uh, look, they literally all are chasing after uh, the entertainment industry with this Antichrist, when the Greek is very clear. It says the spirit of the Antichrist. Um that I can't find anything about the false prophet. Literally, I can't find anything out about the false prophet. I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on and on about the Antichrist. And I'm like, well, Lord have mercy. What What is going on as far as Christianity is concerned? Solid 
edification for the biblified bride online. I'm sorry, I couldn't find it. Was it there? And I realized, well, all this technical data has been there since the very beginning. And yet nobody's taking out two and two that, well, I mean, whenever you uh, go down uh, to uh, Abimelech's demise, it's it's all over. What's what's going on here? Um, well, let's here. Let's do this. Take note, ladies and gentlemen, of Revelation chapter twelve, the woman, and of course the male child. Just just listen for a minute. Verse fifty three of Judges chapter nine. But a certain woman threw an upper millstone on Abimelech's head, crushing his skull. Now, amazingly enough, uh, he keeps right on talking. Then he called quickly to the young man, his armor bearer. Now, what is this setting up to you, ladies and gentlemen? This is setting up the image of the beast. But anyway, we'll keep reading. Uh, Draw your sword and kill me so that it will not be said of me, a woman slew me. So the young man pierced him through, and he died. When the men of Israel saw that Abimelech was dead, each departed to his home. Thus God repaid the wickedness of Abimelech, which he had done to his father in killing his seventy brothers. Now remember, that's why Jeremiah chapter 8 has to take place. They want to see those bones, because of course... You realize that this Assyrian has eliminated the other heirs. Uh, verse 57. Also God returned all the wickedness of the men of Shechem on their heads, and the curse of Jotham, the son of Jerubal, came upon them. So, we have this full mill deal. We have this anonymous woman that takes the, well, we all know from Daniel, this uh, mountain, this stone of a mountain, uh, that hits uh, the great statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream and shatters it. You can put two and two and two and two and two and two more and two more and two more and realize that this entire story of Judges chapter 9 is the root of a weave in the fabric of time itself, Joe. Mm-hmm. I mean... Really, Judges chapter 9 is really all about the book of Daniel itself. And this bramble king. This little one. And it's just amazing what you can see when you just look, when you know it's there. When you start putting two and two together, it's it's absolutely amazing. So, that is my opening diatribe. I know I was a little long in the tooth there, but... Uh, that's the way I see it, is that it's so shocking when people don't see what's going on here. And realizing that, well, the host of heaven, when they're drug out from their places by Satan, they just follow suit with what they've seen Satan do. Your thoughts and comments, Joe. Back to you. All right. Um... Well, this was interesting to me, and I'll see if I'm right or wrong. You can correct me if I'm 
done something here. Uh, I, I was looking at the name Abimelech, and um, this led me to, because I think it's a compound, if, I, if I'm correct on that. Um, but this led me to, uh, as I was looking at it, to literally to uh, Moloch. Does that sound about correct? Well, yes, yes. That the the second part of the name that is Molech. Uh, you can say that with any stretch of the imagination because that means king. Right. So yes, literally, uh, 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 this name Abimelech is exactly as you have stated. And the uh, the first part, of course, is Abe, <laughs> uh, with the added a uh, yod. Uh, well, it means uh, my father. Mm-hmm. My father is king. So you see that this has everything to do with the lineage. Yes. Joe, it has everything to do with lines of passage. And I'm amazed that, that, that you actually uh, pulled apart that word. But yes. And Molech, uh, the reason why uh, that is always said uh, with a spit is the simple fact that he is notorious for, um, of course, the sacrifice of the children, Joe. Absolutely. That was that was the other. Uh, well, that's the other conclusion that you have to come to with this with this whole thing. Um, that that this is literally uh, what this individual is going to do is the sacrifice of the children, the third and final slaughter of the innocents. So that's what brought my mind around to this very name here of, of this individual that's being depicted. Um, and this also brought me around to... I, <laughs> uh, it's one of those things that you can really chase around and I need... I, if if well, ladies and gentlemen, take better notes than I have. Um, but this one just really, I just started, once you started going, I just start going. And I don't remember how I ended up with uh, Nergal, this uh, Sumerian god. And I know this had to do with with the uh, locations that they were talking about in Judges, uh, if I remember correct. In, in uh, goodness, where was it? Let me go back here. Um, Shechem, and this led me into this this ancient uh, Sumerian god uh, Nergal, or oh, I can't even pronounce all the other Nergali or, or uh, Ira or Ira. Um, let's see, let's see. Uh, Nergal is mentioned in the Hebrew text uh, as a deity of the city uh, Kuth. Or uh, Kutha, um, and what's interesting, and maybe I'll have to send that to you. Here's this this picture of this individual, the uh, god of war, uh, plague, and death, and disease. Um, it looks like it's. I was trying to. I was looking it up in the uh, trying to figure out wh- where exactly this what this individual is and I can't tell if they're if it's depicting Orion because you have a uh, uh a three-headed dog which um could be serious uh I would 
think. But as I was looking uh, up, it, it also has a, uh, a queen and then uh, individual kind of this, this main god figure that looks like he's kind of got everything under control here. And he's got like a little axe in his hand, which is also interesting too, uh, just that very depiction. Uh, with the uh, uh, scorpion uh, at the right side of his head and two, well, let's see, it would be his left actually his left side and then uh, a snake to the left of him as well um, with some sort of uh, statue uh, to the, to his right there that uh, I'm not sure what that symbolizes uh, to be exact, but it almost has a depiction of uh, as above, so below with the uh, two scorpions on the picture uh, one is shadowed and then one is of light. So I thought that was quite interesting that it's depicting uh, maybe seasons of this very uh, pantheon or, or this, this god figure. So where does that all lead? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, it has, it's like I said, it's been uh, just this huge amount of, of information to try and uh, stretch out and, and look at and see exactly what, uh, well, what the ancients were knowing and, and what they actually knew compared to what we uh, uh, know, know today. But they had a very uh, good understanding. Um, let's see, they pictured it as a lion, uh, son of Enlil and... Uh, Nilil. And then what was interesting was um, when you also get, uh, when you look at, let's see, let's see, um, there's a seven gods or primordial beings, uh, seven gods. And this made me think of, you know, I don't know if this is, you know, I would not state that this is the seven uh, that are made a pact with, um, you know, he says that uh, uh, seven seven heads and, and ten horns. Um, you know, the, this this seven headed or uh, dragon in the end. Um, these these seven entity or these seven angelic hosts. But it, it's what's interesting is it gives. Uh, well, it gives four primary and three that are lesser or three sky gods as, as they call it in the uh, ancient Sumerian. So it did make me uh, wonder about that as well. Is, is this exactly what they're pointing to here is, is this uh, dragon um, that they uh, literally, well, it's made a pact or a uh, Leviathan uh, at the end. So, <sighs> <laughs> uh so it's uh it's been a very very history and like I said I am still I still got quite a bit of work of, of putting all this together but uh man it really you know as I was going through this it, it I had to sit back quite a few times and just just ponder for a while um 
where is this biblically? What are they talking about? And, and, you know, like Matthew said, you're trying to put two and two and two and two and two together as you're looking at all of this because we know that, well, God's word is absolutely true. Um, so it's been a very, uh, it's been a very interesting, a very deep study um, that I'm going to have to continue and, and uh, continue looking at all these different things because it's been it's been an absolute blast, uh, to say the least. I've, I've actually had a lot of, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of time just looking at everything and it's amazing, uh, where it leads you. Um, you, you, you can literally just spend hours and hours, uh, looking at all these different things. So, um, but, uh, I'm going to kick it back to Matthew and see if I've gone too far off the trail. Oh, no, especially with the depiction that you're talking about. Uh, I know the one you're talking about. And me and my son was going to do something on this because it shows the two different types of spirits mentioned in the Bible, the serpent and the scorpion. Those are two mm-hmm. two separate types of entities here. But uh, the one you're talking about, if I remember correctly, it, it also shows, uh, well, uh, the scepter. Mm-hmm. It shows the scepter, which uh, I'll just cut to the chase for time. That's the axis of the earth. Um, This is the uh, scepter that, of course, uh, was extended to Esther. Uh, You remember uh, that in the tale of, uh, well, remember Haman's ten sons. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Okay, which ties into this because this directly relates also this this idea here uh, of Haman and the ten sons and the scepter being extended to the woman. You can plainly see the woman, correct? Yes, absolutely. Um, I believe she's – when you're looking at the relief, she's on the right. Right. And she's yep. got uh, – she has the eagle on top of her head. You, you're, you're expecting to see a crown on her head, but no, that's an eagle, correct? Correct. Yeah, yeah, that's that, that's one I thought you were talking about. Um, that, of course, is – well, that's the woman, Joe, uh, the, the great harlot that rides the beast. Gotcha. Um, so yes, you you've got everything there in that release that needs to be related to, but um, you know, this this makes me uh, now this is just off the fly, so I don't want to surprise you or anything like that. But this takes you to the 666 book or chapter of the Bible, okay? And there you're left clues to the Bramble King, but nobody knows to look for. So, um, it, it just whenever I mentioned that, it just it just made me remember that about Haman and his ten sons. But um, when we go to uh, Ecclesiastes chapter seven, that is the six hundred and sixty-six chapter of the Bible, Joe. And when you go there, uh, what is it? Uh, let's see here. Is it nineteen through twenty-two? Let me go over there real quick. Ecclesiastes 7, I think it's 19 through 22. Yes, wisdom. Okay, I'm going to read this to you out of the New American Standard Bible, but you need to keep your ears open, Joe, because it's really talking about the Bramble King and how he exercised dominion over the ten kings. Okay, that's, that's what this stanza really does. And let me say that one more time. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is the 666th chapter of the Bible is Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Uh, verse 19, wisdom strengthens a wise man, 
more than ten rulers who are in a city. Indeed, there is not a righteous man on earth who continually does good and who never sins. Also, do not take seriously all words which are spoken so that you do not hear your servant cursing you. For you also have realized that you likewise have many times cursed others. This is a riddle for the Bramble King. Um, you understand that, that, well, what's at play here, um, of course, there's no one who's perfect, right? And then the last verse reciprocates that. For you also realize, anyway, let, let's cut to the chase. Here, you're given detailed information as to how he outwits the ten kings who are over the earth. You just got told, Joe. He That's encoding there, how he deals with these ten kings um, through, well, the treacherous will be very treacherous. That's what he's talking about here. He, well... <laughs> it's suffice enough to say that, uh, well, let's go to the 666 sequence here in Judges uh, chapter 9. In verse 36, of course, here we're, um, you need to understand that, uh, uh, well, the, the mountains there, uh, what you see uh, in the English uh, for mountains there. And, uh, well, the word right after it means your or you. So your mountains there, as the as the shadow was falling down, they wasn't quite sure what they were looking at. Uh, New American Standard Bible, again. Uh, when God saw the people, he said to Zebul, look, people are coming down from the tops of the mountains. But Zebul said to him, you are seeing the shadow of the mountains as if they were men. That's 666. Because you know, Joe, that Hebrew don't have no Arabic numerals in it. It, it never did. It don't have one, twos, and threes. Um, every letter is a number, and that right there is the sequence 666. Now, in the royal count, Joe, um, it's also in, uh, what is it, verse 47? Um, let, me, let me skip down there. Let's see. It says... Um, when all the leaders of the tower shook him heard. Okay, yeah. Verse 47. It was told Abimelech. That right there. In the royal count, because, um, ladies and gentlemen, there, there are five Hebrew letters that have a different form. They look different when they're at the end of the word. So, in the royal count, those have extended uh, numbers. Uh this here, it was told Abimelech, this is 666 in the Royal Count, Joe. Okay. So, uh, it, it, well, let's, let's, let's talk about the leaders here at Shechem. Of course, you realize that there's not ten kings in a city. And that's why, prophetically, this is you know all about mystery Babylon. Anyway, here we go again. It was told Abimelech that all the leaders of the Tower of Shechem were gathered together. There it is right there. It was told Abimelech. That's 666 in the royal count. So you see the treachery involved with what's going on here. And the simple fact that this is all over Bible prophecy, alphanumerically speaking. <laughs> 
uh, this well, this this Bramble King is very cunning, indeed. But you know we've uh, we've mentioned Jeremiah chapter eight several times, and uh, we haven't really read it. So let me get over there, and I'm going to uh, read this um, New American Standard Bible once again. I'll just read a few verses here so that people get the gist of what's exactly going on, what we're exactly talking about, what happens when uh, these hosts of heaven are drug out of their places uh, by Satan's tail. Revelation chapter 12. At that time, declares the Lord, they will bring out the bones of the kings of Judah, and the bones of the princes, and the bones of the priests, and the bones of the prophets, and the bones of the inhabitants of Jerusalem from their graves. They will spread them out to the sun, the moon, and to all the host of heaven, which they have loved, which they have served, which they have gone after, which they have sought, and which they have worshipped. They will not be gathered or buried. Now, of course, you know, ladies and gentlemen, why he just said that, because God tells death to flee from you, just in case you were wondering what he was talking about there. Anyway, let me finish. Sorry for interrupting um, that verse. They will not be gathered or buried. They will be as dung on the face of the ground. And death will be chosen rather than life by all the remnant that remains of this evil family. That remains in all the places to which I have driven them, declares the Lord of hosts. So, uh, of course, this is talking about the Mark of the Beast, uh, 666, right here. Um, they choose death rather than life. Uh, they make this pack uh, with the fall. So, now when you read that, you realize, once you read Judges chapter 9, now you really know what's going on, especially with these 70 sons and why this Abimelech murdered the rest. Now he was the only legitimate heir. Um, so it's, it's, it's pretty concerning when you realize how much technical data is here, Joe, we could actually expand upon. Because I've just barely, and I mean I've just barely uh, skimmed the surface, Joe, because, oh my goodness, the technical data. I mean I know it's, I, and, and I did give some lightly about. The 666, but there's a whole lot more than that. Um, well, let's just talk about the uh, 1,260-day sequence. This is going to blow your mind. It's in verse 2 twice in chapter 9. It's in verse 5. It's in verse 22. It's in verse 31. It's in verse 50. It's in verse 51. It's in verse 52. It's in verse 56. Now, alphanumerically speaking, uh, look, the odds of it being in that many verses in this one chapter, Judges chapter 9, uh, that's pretty slim, Joe. Now, is this... I, I did have one thing there because you were talking about that. And I noticed that uh, 
Does it say it twice or three times? Um, it, it talks about the uh, 70 brothers on, on one stone. And I was wondering if this yeah. was a, a ratio. Of course it's a ratio. <laughs> of course it's a ratio. Uh, which verse are you talking about, Joe? Oh, yeah. Now i got to go back and find it. <laughs> um, which one was it? I was just looking at the one, but it doesn't say it doesn't say stone on fifty six. Because uh, that's where you were talking about the uh, the twelve sixty. I didn't mean to interrupt you on the twelve sixty, but it just popped into my melon when I was reading over this. Um, oh, let's see. Let's see. Acts. No. No. Three companies. Oh no. You mean verse eighteen, right? Is it is that the first time? Holy cow. Well, I mean I mean yeah, Well, by the time you get here, you've already been told that um uh well you've been mentioned seventy pieces of silver in verse two. Right. So this is all building up to a crescendo. But yeah, you're 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 definitely talking about uh, a proportion, and he's wanting you to see. Well, like I I stated before, this this mountain that shatters uh, this uh, behemoth you were talking about, because there in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, it's not monsters this time, the, these beasts that he sees, but it's a statue, and that's what smashes it at the end. Remember? Mm. So. Um, yeah, he's he's setting up the same imagery, the same types of thoughts here. Uh, but oh. of course, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Okay, that makes okay. I th- I, I still got to put some, uh, a couple more pieces together, but that makes way more sense. So I mean, there's just tons of stuff here anyway. Uh, just with what, just with what I've said so far. Mm-hmm. It, it's just. Uh, off the charts, and and I, you know, I mentioned other chapters. I mean, um, let's go to uh, Ezekiel chapter thirty-one. Now, I don't remember um, if I formally did uh, a particular broadcast on this before on Ezekiel. Um, uh, maybe I did do one on thirty-one. I'm not sure, but let's. Let's talk about Pharaoh being warned. Um, you have to realize that this prophecy is just, uh, well, it's off the chart. It, it, it talks about uh, the Assyrians' fate. Um, in the 11th year, in the third month, the first month, the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, say to Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and to his hordes, whom are you like in your greatness? Behold, Assyria was a cedar. In Lebanon, with beautiful branches and forest shade, and very high in its top, was among the clouds. Here you get the whole story of uh, of the Assyrian himself. And then when you uh, double back this with um, Ezekiel chapter 17, which is another instance of this, uh, uh, the great riddle. Uh, now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Son of man, propound a riddle and speak a parable to the house of Israel, 
saying, Thus says the Lord God, A great eagle with great wings, long pinions, and full plumage of many colors came to Lebanon and took away the top of the cedar and plucked it off the topmost of the young twigs and brought it to a land of merchants and set it in the city of traders. He also took some of the seed of the land and planted it in fertile soil, yada, yada, yada. And you get this entire diatribe. When you put these two chapters together, uh, you realize exactly everything that's going on with, with this riddle of the Bramble King. Why this is talking directly about the Assyrian. How he's going to be able to exercise his dominion because this, of course, uh, well, the scapegoat himself is going to give him a great authority, great power. Uh, so like I said, you, you really have to put two and 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 two together. But Judges chapter 9, uh, backed up with uh, Ezekiel 17, Ezekiel 31, Revelation chapter 12, and how much more could we go? Uh, Daniel chapter 8, uh, Daniel chapter 2, uh, well, just the whole book of Daniel, actually. That's, it's The whole thing is setting up this, this one bramble king. That uh, through great treachery uh, had eliminated the other heirs. Uh, so now um, the angelic, uh, well, votes him in as king. Uh, just like Satan, uh, he, you know, does a catch 22, uh, hands his authority over to the scapegoat. So the host of heaven do with his. Well, uh, what do you call him? Uh, Joe, that's a really good question. What do you call the false prophet to the beast from the abyss? What his right-hand man, his forerunner, what do you say? I, I would almost go with right-hand man. Um, that that kind of makes the most sense to me or, or gives a pretty good picture of of what this individual you know he, he says that uh, he, he worshipped uh, a god not to well that his fathers didn't know uh, which he gives this perfect description of of well the beast uh, <laughs> and so yeah I would say to me in my mind that makes that makes sense that this guy has been worshiping him. And would, I, I guess, be honored at the position of being the right-hand man. Yes. So, anyway, now that we have all this information out in the open, it, it's absolutely mind-boggling when you realize how much there is there to study now. Uh, the stone, the upper millstone that this anonymous woman tosses out and and beats him down with, well, the whole nine yards. Uh, uh, the the aspect of the fire um, and uh, the ability of the false prophet. Absolutely amazing. Uh, so what else did you want to cover? What else do you want to bring forward? Uh, any other information you want to share? Oh, my goodness. Um, yeah. Oh, what was 
I thought I had one more. Oh no, that was constellations that I was looking up, which I still not that that's that's something it ties into it, but I I don't have. Oh my gosh, that would probably be another hour at least to try and tie all that in, but uh, I still need to put some more time into that to put that together. Um, that's that's really interesting. <clears throat> Excuse me, in in of, of itself, and uh, really, <laughs> um, it's it's amazing how many times this uh, uh, this story is is told uh, over and over and over again um, throughout uh, history. But uh, you know, of course, the Lord our God gives us the well the most in-depth uh information that uh you know Matthew pointed out in the uh um well in the original language there that uh God has no problem just uh you know both barrel square to the chest and you know, it's just right there uh right in front of your face and you just have to swallow it um and it's you know, some of it, there there are parts that I, I don't really, uh, there's parts I don't really like, uh, especially, well, the slaughter of the innocents. Um, but, but he is good. And, uh, it is good to, to study and look at his word. Um, Never, ever, ever is it a waste of time. And like I said, I could I could look at some other stuff here, but uh, we're getting, I think, close to the top of the hour here. Um, and from the sound of it, we could probably spend another hour just on this subject. So uh, maybe I'll do some more, and then maybe uh, maybe we could do a part two on this and and see what else we can discover on this individual because there is a well there's a ton of information i think uh matthew did a, a wonderful job of giving a really good uh overview with with some amazing depth and clarity of this individual uh and uh the power that he's going to wield but uh wow there's there's so much more that we could also look at. We really haven't even gotten to the the heavenlies and and what's going to be happening there um, uh, with uh, what's going on in 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 that situation as well. So, uh, Matthew, do you have more to add or? Well, I I, I do want to say this that um. The alphanumerical integers here is enough to take you by surprise because it, it has even the most difficult one, which is 2,300. And we all know that that is the 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 countdown to the great day. Um, literally speaking, that is the countdown to the great day. Um, and it, it's here in verse 15. And when when you realize that, well, ladies and gentlemen, know this in your heart, that 
you've already been told this in the book of Daniel that from the beginning to the end is 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 going to be two thousand three hundred days. Do you know that? Next, he tells you about the one thousand two hundred ninety days. Well, you realize you subtract those two, and that's what gets you the ten ten, the two years and under. One thousand and ten days is well, that's that's. That's a child that is uh, two years or one birth cycle under. Um, and you realize that uh, it's right here. The 2,300 sequences inside alphanumerically Judges chapter 9, verse 15. The bramble said to the trees, If in truth you are anointing me as king over you, come and take refuge in my shade. But if not, may fire come out from the bramble and consume the cedars of Lebanon. That's enough to stop you right in your tracks. That's that's enough to make you say, okay, we need to set up and, and we need to take a whole lot more notes because there's a whole lot more data revealed here than any of us know. And we need to start tearing this apart. Um, and it amazes me that people don't realize that it's here, right here, in the finality of what the Bramble King boasts uh, with this pact. Um, that's just... Well, it's just... It's just enough to blow your mind, and like I said, it just it just makes it makes me whenever I'm in a group of people, I say, you know, all of us need to give this everything we've got and see what we can come up with, because this is serious, and God wants you to know. You are supposed to know what is to come, Joe. That's what the Bible states that the Holy Spirit will show you what is to come. Amen. Not. Not the movie theater. You're not going to learn anything from the movie theater. So, we probably need to pray us out of this situation um, that we're in right now. You know, I know I've dumped a lot on everybody's head and probably people are uh, going to rewind 20 times and see if they can write down all the because uh, I was pretty quick there with some of my alphanumerical references there. But it's just off the charts that the 1,260 uh, alphanumerical uh, sequence is in here nine times. And that was just in the royal, or that was just in the standard count. So alphanumerically, oh my goodness, uh, everything's in this chapter. Of course, it's 57 verses long. But... Uh, the woman will be victorious over the Bramble King. Make no mistakes about it, Joe. She will be protected. Amen? Amen. She will, look, Joe, she will walk in her high places. Amen? Amen. Where did she cast out the upper millstone from? Where was mm -hmm. she at? That's right. She was in her high place. Mm-hmm. So, 
You going to pray us out of here, Joe, or would you like me to? Hmm. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we bow our heads and we bow our hearts before your throne, Father. Father, I thank you for this time with my brother. And Father, I I ask specifically for the listeners that well, that their eyes are anointed, Father, as they dive into your word, Father. I ask that their ears are anointed, Father, that they may hear your word, Father. I ask specifically, Father, for their imagination to be given back to you, Father, that they take it back from the entertainment industry and give it over to you, Father, and that you, as you had promised, show them what is to come, Father, that they would spend time with you and with you alone, with no distractions, with no entertainment, but with just your word, which is always sufficient. And Father, I ask, well, I, they're on my heart, Father, the, the people of Japan, that uh, you be with them and their families and that you comfort those that have suffered loss. Father, I ask that you, as I always do, I ask that you be with my brother Matthew and his family, that you guide them and protect them and keep them close, Father, as well as the listeners, Father. I ask that you keep them close as well. In Jesus' precious name, I ask all these things. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Joe, we better give out some contact information. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to find me, best place is on Facebook. Um, look for the page according to the scripture. Uh, Matthew Miller from Reader, North Dakota. Hey, you can't miss that because there's only... Uh, one Matthew Miller in Rita, North Dakota. Uh, Joe, where can they find your stuff? Oh, goodness. You can find me on Facebook under uh, Joe Musidla, J-O-E-M-U-Z-Y-D-L-A dot nine. Uh, you can, uh, also, uh, my little podcast that I do, uh, A Cup with Joe, uh, you can search for that. It is on Facebook, and I just started uh, a new one that I'm going to uh, continue with. Uh, it's going to be, well, it, it's just been a very fun little endeavor, uh, quite a little technical learning curve, but nonetheless, it's it's something that I've uh, been wanting to do for a little while, and that's, uh, I just narrate uh, the NASB Bible and uh, put a little background music so you can listen and, and read along and so I will be continuing with that and uh, so you can find me uh, there and Twitter under Jamie Zidla at uh, Twitter alright with that being said ladies and gentlemen God bless Godspeed <laughs>